0: Welcome Pat Barbara to the Rocky Retirement Show. I cannot wait to find out what has been going on in your life. Like how long has it been? Like a year and a half? I don't know. It seems like forever.
1: Well I think we talked midway through our my journey and I'm not sure how far back we go. I was thinking about today and I was thinking that some of the listeners may not. Have been tracking and heard my story. Um, so I thought I would kind of start with where we were, where we are, and where we're headed because it's a lot. Um, but where we were is in the um, middle of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. I was looking for learning more about retirement. I found Kathy's podcast, and that's when we met. So for nine months, we Went on my retirement journey together, and I retired in the spring of 2021, still in the middle of the pandemic. And it was what we called the honeymoon period. We went on trips and golfed and just had a blast. And then like a lot of those that retired during the pandemic and couldn't travel internationally or go anywhere, we bought a big, huge motor home. We had a rough start in December of 2021, but we really, really enjoyed going to Arizona where we met some wonderful new friends and just had some great experiences. And I have to kind of preface this a little bit is I had a prejudice against 55-year-old and older communities. I'll just say that right out of the gate, honestly. In my mind, it was where old people go to die um, jokes like, "Oh, this is heaven's waiting room," and that there wasn't enough diversity, there weren't children, and oh my gosh, how wrong was I? So I'll I'll admit that up front. But we had such a good time in that 55 year old and older community because everybody was in the same place in life, and they had time to explore things that they'd never done, and so. For me, my husband, you know, got to have golf, but I got to do watercolors and the photography club and the genealogy club and on and on and on. And and I just realized that, you know, when you're working and you're not retired. That's what you're doing with your emotions, with your body, with your brain. And when you're retired, you can explore all these things. So just put a pin on in that for just a minute. And then then we came back. And then the next year, we went on our epic trip in September. We have a mixed family situation with a grandmother that lives up above our apartment for 31 years. We have a 16 year old dog. Our nephew stayed with them, and we went from state to state Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. Ended up in Colorado, New Mexico, and spent the winter in Arizona, and we found our place in the sun. We just found some wonderful people, a great community, two golf courses, and we found our people. Even this week, my husband is texting with men in Canada who can't wait to see us when we get back in the fall. And so that's where we were until about the end of February of this year and it all started and happened with a phone call to my husband's mom and he called her because for the first time in the entire pandemic we'd finally gotten COVID and we were really 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 sick so I have to apologize to everyone that I poo-pooed it and said oh no big deal We were religious about isolating ourselves throughout the pandemic. We got every shot and vaccination. In fact, a month before we got COVID, I had gotten whatever my fifth booster was. But we were in Arizona. We went to the Tucson Gem Show, which is fantastic. And we got COVID on my birthday. So oh, my, no. what a happy birthday present. My, my 64th birthday was the, the worst. And we were so sick. We were in our motor home down in Arizona for 12 days. Our neighbors brought us food because we didn't want to expose. You don't want to expose a bunch of old people to COVID in the middle of the winter. And, um, I have to say when you, you know, when you face something like that, even though we weren't hospitalized or whatever, but it was the sickest we've ever been in our lives. It really just kind of put mortality right in your face. Like what's going on here? So my husband called his mom and he said, mom, the bad news is we got COVID. The good news is we didn't die. And the first thing out of her mouth was, Why are you keeping this big place? And he said, what? She said, why are you keeping this two and a half acres? You can't take care of it anymore. You're never home. And I think it's time. And he said, mom, the reason we're keeping this big place, this two and a half acres, this unit for you, this unit for us is because you're 85. And I'm not going to kick my 85-year-old mother to the curb. And she goes, well, I think we should do it. I think we should do it. And he goes, okay, let's just sleep on it, mom. Because this is huge. Let, let's just sleep on it. And I'll call you tomorrow. Because he wasn't sure if she was just having a bad day or not. But she was complaining about being lonely. And, you know, it kind of made sense. Because when we built that place and moved in, our kids were toddlers. And our house and her house was the hub of the family. And so there was constantly, constantly people running through. Well, my children are now 40 and 38 and haven't lived at our home for 20 years. Well, the same things happen with her grandkids who are right around her. They're all marrying and having children. She lives at the back of our house because at the time she wanted privacy. Well, now no one comes to see her. And she's 85 in great shape, still working um, at the senior center, but she has to climb up 17 steep stairs. And we, we wake up some nights going, if she were to fall down, but no one, you know, no one's there because she's completely independent. And so we stored that away. We talked and talked and talked that night. The next night he called her, he says, mom, are you sure? I'm positive. And then he did it the third night, and so by the third night he goes okay we'll 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 check into it." So this is kind of mid to end March or in, in mid to end February, and we're getting ready to come home at the end of March, and we started making phone calls. We called a realtor because for any listener who's thinking about selling their family home after forty years and downsizing, there is so much to consider. And so the first thing we did is we tried to get a value of our home. How, you know, how much was the market value for it? And our jaws dropped because this is Puget Sound in Snohomish County. And we have a desirable place. And we said, are you kidding me? So we checked in with her again, but we hired a realtor. One of my daughter's um, longtime friends from basketball has grown up to be a realtor. And so we called her and we said, uh, we think we want a list. Shaking. The decision was big. These are the people who went to the same high school, married for 40 years, stayed at the same job, we've never moved. We built our house and lived in it all this time. Triple car garage, double car storage, and a huge house. So, We signed the papers to list with her and kind of set in motion all this stuff. We found a realtor because we knew we wanted to live near our son because our daughter lives five hours away. Our son lives two or three hours away because the traffic is horrible up here. And so my husband is searching, searching on the internet for a new house and our new location. And it was really, really fun and exciting when you're in a motor home and you've just been sick. And you're thinking about possibilities until it gets real. When it gets real, it is, you're shaking. Are we sure we want to do this? Constantly checking with his mom. Well, she didn't let any moss grow under her feet before we knew it. And we said, no, don't do it. Wait till the house sells. Don't do anything. Nope. She bought a park model. Oh my gosh, she's out of there. (laughs) park model, it was like, you know, the linebackers pushed away the line and the quarterback was running through. But then the family...
0: Oh, wait, wait, back up a little bit. What is a park model?
1: Okay, so this is a good thing. I think some of the listeners listeners will know. So there's a regular stick-built single-family home. There is a regular RV that travels on the road like we have, a motorhome or whatever. And then there are park models. And they either look like kind of like an RV or they look like a little modular house. But they stay put. They stay put. And they're very typical of what's in Arizona, right? Oh, so she's going to Arizona. She's not staying in Seattle. Oh no, she's staying in in Puget Sound, but she's buying a unit like what you would see in Arizona. Okay, so to live on one of her kids' or grandkids' property. And oh,
0: so there's no land. She's going to park it somewhere. She's going to park the park model somewhere. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't know exactly where yet, but she's going to park that model somewhere on family ground.
1: And that is exactly where the trouble started for the family because her son wanted her to park there, Her daughter wanted her to park there. There's a granddaughter across the street. I mean, when you're in a family, kind of a compound, there's lots of choices. And we were in Arizona while all this debate was raging. And down to the what kind of park model, what would it look like, the whole family got involved. And she got mad. She said, I get up. Every morning, I get dressed, I put on my makeup, I go to work, and I manage a fabulously frugal store. I should be able to choose what I want. And so, the model she picked was not what many of the rest of us would have picked, but upstairs it had three little twin beds that you could, but it
0: has an upstairs,
1: it has an upstairs <laughs> but it's a short little upstairs, but it's got three little twin beds. and. We thought, okay, that's for little kids to, to spend the night. But then she decided that she wanted to move right across the street from where we are now to our niece, her granddaughter. And they are like two peas in a pod. They are best friends. They go to the casino together. They go shopping. They do whatever. And she has three little kids that are eight, seven, and six. Oh, perfect. So they're, they're very enmeshed. And so she bought it. People weren't happy, but she bought it and she chose to live with her granddaughter. And she goes, it's my decision at my age. I should be able to get what I want. I appreciate everybody's concern, but this is what we're doing. So before we even got home, she was setting that in motion. And so (laughs) we're kind of freaking out. She'd been
0: thinking about this for a while before she even brought it up to you. She was, she'd already made up her mind before
1: you years. had COVID. She had brought it up before, and I went, "Oh no, 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 no! We're not going to get you out of your apartment or whatever." But then we just realized how hard it is for eighty-five-year-old to clean. It was an eleven-hundred-square-foot apartment. She wanted something smaller. She wanted something easier. Anyway, so she bought that. We're freaking out, going, "Oh my gosh, what's what's happening?" So we drive back up to Oregon, where we stay with my daughter for a rainy, rainy week in Oregon. And we kind of had an aha moment. And that was, she lives in a beautiful neighborhood. The kids were still in school by then. And what we realized is the sucking sound of when the bus picks up all the kids. They're all gone. The parents that commute, there are still a few of those left. They leave the neighborhood and the rest of them go up in their bedrooms or their offices. There was no one for us to play with, like to even talk to. And we went, huh, okay. And so we made it so that we could spend just three days at my son's house before we went home and look for homes. So I have to insert a sad part in here. Remember Sadie, she's 16, seven months. I said goodbye to her when we left because I thought 16-year-old dog, you know, she's in great shape, but mm, my husband never said goodbye to her. Four days. Before we got home to her, she curled up in a little ball and went to sleep. And our nephew called and was sobbing. And my husband could not stop crying for three days. She was 16 years old and seven months. When he called our breeder and said that she passed, she said, Oh Mike, you were such a good puppy parent. She had such a great life. And the thing is, is that she was the longest living of her litter of eight and her brother died a week ago. Oh my gosh. That kind of made him feel better, but he still felt guilt for leaving her, not saying goodbye. She died of a broken heart in his mind. And so it was a rough patch right in the middle of, we're making this huge life decision, huge life change. So, We went and looked at houses and I don't know about you, but the markets are really weird. The interest rates had just gone up, but then they took a little bit of a dip right around the time that this was happening. And we went and looked at about 10 houses. And that night, nine of them went sold. Oh my gosh. And these weren't even houses. These were older homes. They needed a ton of work and renovation. And we went, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're going to list our house coming up here. And so guess what? We found a 55-year-old and older community. In Puget Sound? Yes. It's near our son's house. It's 18 minutes door to door. And we thought, well, you know, maybe this will be okay. Now, one of the problems that we ran into though is my husband in his mind had researched online and he knew exactly the neighborhood, not this one, but exactly the neighborhood he wanted and exactly the house he wanted. And our kids said, no, dad, you don't, you don't want to live there because it was like an all age neighborhood. You have to mow your own lawn. Everybody's and... going to leave
0: at, at eight o'clock in the morning. No exactly. one's going to be there to play with.
1: And it was a 2,500 square foot house with two stories. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not downsizing. It's downsizing the land, but it's not downsizing the house. And so we looked at it and he, they, the kids just said no. And I just thought, no, this isn't what I really, really want. So we went up to this place called Ovation at Oak Creek, and it's a 55 year old older community.
0: Okay, now now I have a question: Is this a 55 and older community where you have your own house, yes. or is it one? Okay, so it's a 55 and older. You yeah. have your own house. Okay, and
1: it's not very big, and it has a tiny lot. So going from two and a half acres with a garage and a barge and a storage building down to 5,000 square foot lot, like you basically have side and rear yard. You, you
0: cough, know. you cough, or you sneeze, and your neighbor says, Bless you. It's kind <laughs> of oh, like our house,
1: right? But anyway, but the benefits for us were huge because we want to travel and we want lock and go. And now, for the first time in 16, almost 17 years, we don't have sadly a dog. And I really don't want to mow. I really don't want to rake leaves anymore. I mean, that was getting to be so hard. And I realized when Mike climbed up when we got home to clean gutters and he was on this ladder 30 feet in the air. And we've all heard the stories of the fathers of the husbands or whatever, climbing up, falling off the ladder, you know, and it's a disaster.
0: And so, okay. Now I just want to say one thing. Okay. We, we live in a 55 and older community We're responsible for cleaning our own gutters. So you're going to have to find somebody to do that probably.
1: Well, but the thing is, it's a single story. It's only 12, you know, whatever feet up. It's not. You're only
0: going to break your leg. You're not going to like
1: die. (laughs) So he can climb poles and ladders. He's not afraid, but he's 66 now. Right. So. So the benefits there, plus it's a ready-made neighborhood of people that are at our stage in life. I mean, I went from being a no way, heck no, to almost like I could advertise. They have um, under construction, a pool area, spa, sauna um workout weight room and then all these gathering spaces you know like for parties and all I mean just right up our alley anyway and they maintain the entire front yard so they plant everything it's irrigated it's it's lock and go nice so, so this is our big decision should we put money down on it or not should we should we buy it or not and so we're struggling because while we were there in the office a woman and her son came in and it was a Friday. It was a Friday that her husband had passed and she was there on a Sunday. And the realtor said, you know, you should probably wait. You should probably take a year to decide. That's what they say. And she looked at her son and said, I cannot take care of a three story, 3000 square foot house on an acre. No. I know what I need. I need a community that can look out for me. I need a place. And so they were selling those quickly and they're just dirt, right? There's no, there's no house to buy. It's a future house to buy. And so we just were watching people come because there's a wave. There's a tsunami of baby boomers that are in our situation that have the home or family home that we built on big land. And we're just getting to the point where it's time. And we're at the younger end, right? We're 64 and 66. A lot of the people are in their 70s, you know, 80s that are thinking about doing this. They kind of just hang on or maybe hang on for too long. So we went home that night. We started thinking about it. And by then we had driven home to our home. And our nephew was moving out. And I said, if we're going to sell this house, if we're going to list it, because we had a date, we were going to list it. Why would we move in? We're in the motorhome why don't we just pack up? I had a conference to go to that I was speaking at and I had four days. And what the realtor said is, you've got to get all your personal stuff out. There's a few things that you can save, but we're going to stage it and do professional photography. That's the thing they do now. Didn't know all that. And she said, you don't have to clean the garage out. You don't have to do the shed. You just need to get everything out inside that I don't mark to stay. And I said, four days. I can do it. I love a good deadline. (laughs) So we killed ourselves, but we stayed in the motorhome. We never moved back into our home. And we got everything out in that four days.
0: You know what? That's amazing because to get four days to get 40 years of stuff, I... I'm bowing to you right now. That is amazing.
1: But you got to hear how I did it though. Oh, okay. Because, because, um, so here's some pro tips, right? If you're considering doing this, move into an RV and <laughs> live in it for a while. Because when you move into an RV, you realize you don't need all the stuff, right? Now, I've learned that there are purgers, That would be me. And there are collectors that's me (laughs) or hoarders right the whole spectrum and I pass no judgment on anyone right but if you live in an RV you understand that for your day-to-day life you you need your clothes you need a few dishes whatever but you don't need all the stuff and on the other hand if you know where you're moving to right we had an idea of the home we wanted to move into it's completely smaller. Right. I only need to buy one sofa instead of three. I only need, you know, one king size bed. I only need one dining room table where when you have a large home, you have lots of rooms full of furniture that by the way, nobody wants
0: more on. No, nope, that. That's right. Yeah. And
1: so, so I just started loading boxes and then our God wink happened because in the morning, That morning, we decided to put in an offer, and everything is done electronically now. So we work with our realtor. We chose our lot, which, by the way, we chose it on a cloudy, cloudy day. We went back later, and our guest bedroom, if you ever get up to the Pacific Northwest, has a view of Mount Rainier. And we didn't know it. We didn't know it. That's amazing. Mount Rainier is fourteen thousand feet, hard to miss. But when it's cloudy, the mountain's not out. Anyway, so that was our bonus, and so we decided to make an offer, and we did it electronically, and we transferred the money that morning. The night before, we had gotten a call because what I had done is packed up all my boxes, and the garage door was open, and we had it staged there to put the U-Haul, which we've never rented a U-Haul before. That was experience. You didn't
0: need to. You'd stayed in one place for 40 years. You never
1: moved, right? (laughs) And so someone was walking by on the street and asked my niece, what's going on? And she said, my aunt and uncle are selling their house and grandma's going to come to live with me. And they went, oh, got on the phone, told someone who told someone. And by that night, they were begging to come see our house. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. We haven't got it staged. We don't have the yard ready. There's stuff everywhere. It is a disaster in there. There's nothing worse than a lived in house now being, you know, moved, boxed up. And they begged.
0: Yeah, because they were desperate because they probably had 15 houses get sold before they, you know...
1: Right, well, and right? ours is a unique property, right? It's exactly. flat level public water, two and a half acres with, you know, two units. And, so, and they uh,
0: knew that. They probably knew that. The people walking by probably knew your house. I mean, oh,
1: yeah, they lived there. there. It's been there right. forever. And so they begged. And our realtor said, you know, there's nothing hurt. You're still, you're still going to list. We're still going to stage. They are a qualified buyer. You know, they are someone who, you know, they're not just a looky-loo. And I would do it. I would let them come in. Okay. So remember, we put an offer in, in a house shaking, like will our house sell, but right. stressed. That night, they made a full price offer, no contingencies. Wow. And we went, what do we do? Because then there's this <laughs> tension of, Well, could we make more money if we listed it? I'm disappointed because I wanted the professional photos. I want to see what my house would look like staged. I mean, back and forth. And our realtor just said, you guys, you guys, you just bought a new house. And it was, and it was way above what we ever thought it would be worth because we're not in the real estate market. And so on one day, Kathy, we bought a house in the morning and sold our house that
0: night. Wow. That's amazing. And so, so, okay. Now the financial planner in me is coming out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you just going to pay cash for your new house? Absolutely. Okay. Good for you. I'm I'm so proud of you. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Because the interest rates are, you know. Great.
0: Aren't they like seven and a half or something right now? It's It's crazy.
1: And it's like, no, that was the point. So when we went on this journey, we had some goals and that for the listener is probably the biggest, most important thing to do before you even start talking about it is what are your goals? Because there's no point in going through this because I'll get to the, the bad parts. I asked my husband, you know how I'm always so positive. I said, Kathy's going to ask me <laughs> what's the hardest <laughs> thing. Oh boy. Did I get an earful list last night? So the goals were we realized when we were on the road for seven months didn't spend Christmas or Thanksgiving with our kids for the first times in our lives. The goal was to get closer to our children and grandchildren because they're 10, nine, nine, and seven and build relationships to the degree we can. I mean, we already have a good relationship, but do that to reduce our expenses. It's a lot to take care of basically two homes, two heat pumps, two septic systems, two roofs. And at this stage of life, like Mike's mom said is, what are you doing? Reduce our expenses and try to do almost a two for one for cash, right? Be able to buy a smaller, more modest home. And if we buy a recreation place down in Arizona or not to have that available. And so by doing this, we're achieving those specific goals of reducing our expenses just by moving out of the county we're in because the population where we're at now is so much less, we had an immediate refund on our auto insurance. Who knew that if you live in a metropolitan area where there's lots of people and more accidents, you pay a premium. Whereas if you're in a less populated area, I had no idea. Same with homeowners insurance. Our homeowners insurance and taxes had gone through the roof by moving just two counties to the south. We have half taxes and not even a third of what the the insurance is, which I kind of want to ask myself, how come I couldn't have known that? So if you're going to do what we're doing, we did it dumbly, right? We didn't know. Research where you're going to move to. If it's near your kids or grandkids, is it going to cost you more to insure and pay for your license tabs and for all that stuff, or is it going to be less? And so we had those goals and off we went. Well, I wanna take us back to when I first met you because if you would have told me then that we would be doing what we're doing now, I would have laughed in your face. I would have said, this is our family home. My husband's lived there for 56 years. We're never leaving. But going on the road, meeting people, hearing their stories about their downsizing, their children, doing all that, it kind of opened up the possibility. But as I was cleaning out stuff, Loading up all oh my crud, I found this list that we had made about a month after we met you. And it was a list of the places that we would consider moving to and the reasons. I don't know if you remember, but when you and Les were in San Diego, you made this whole list of things that you wanted in order to choose where you chose to live in the Carolinas. Okay, so here's my list walkable community access to a hospital, proximity to airport, community events, access to water or mountains, an opportunity for service, access to grandkids, clean air, four seasons, and fresh produce. That was what I wanted. But my husband actually made a list, and he never does, so I wrote it for him. But he told me, drier weather, affordable golf, restaurants, community, a variety of activities, a men's club, a group of friends, the least expensive to live like a taxes and then clubs and activities again, golf. So his was clearly all around golf. I just thought it was amazing to find that. And I could have just tossed it, but I went, I'm going to save that because that's just our list. But if you're a listener and you're either facing or thinking about downsizing, make your list way before you do it.
0: Oh, and you got everything on your
1: list, right? Yes. But here's the weird thing about doing this. It wasn't ever top of mind. We did this when I met.
0: They say if you write it down, if you write down a goal, even if you never look at it again, you're more likely, if you say it out loud and write it down, you're more likely to achieve that goal. And you're the perfect example, Barbara.
1: I I was shocked when I found this. So I saved it and I put it in a little folder because I thought, okay, Kathy's going to want to know how her show and the way she laid it out logically helped us because here's, here's the bad part, right? Here's the emotional part. This is so hard. I can't even tell you. I, I, I had no idea. I've talked to people who downsized. I've talked to people who regretted it and we didn't want to have any regrets because For us, there's no going back to where we were. There's no way we can purchase what we had because we built it. And so we knew it was like a one-way door somewhere else. And so the hard part has been packing up. And the way we did it is I realized that my kitschy country farmhouse, you know, chic, whatever design was never going to work in my new it's it's very it's very contemporary. I mean, I can I can soften it up, but it, it it's a completely different house. It's much smaller. So, we started thinking about what could we keep and none of the furniture that we had would really fit. And I'm not attached to things, right? I'm more attached to people. I'm not necessarily even attached to place as long as I have my people. The house is just a house even though it was a lot of memories built there. Well, the hard part was no one wants your furniture you can't sell it very easily on offer up and offer up was a nightmare for me wackadoodle people scammers you put any of your information out on the internet to try to sell something and i'm like
0: oh my god don't don't they have like um, places in Puget Sound where you can bring your furniture and get like a percentage if they sell it what do you call those i forget
1: well a consignment yes but,
0: consignment shops
1: but oh oh so here's the footnote so they gave us an option of a quick close, or the normal close. And you know me, I love a good deadline. Uh oh. <laughs> we have three weeks. Three oh. weeks to load up our life. Oh my gosh. We didn't hire movie movers. We did it all ourselves because we're idiots. And, <laughs> um, and we're still strong, right? So we think we can lift all these bedroom furnitures and whatever and you know a neighbor came by we sold a few things but a lot of it went to the dump and a lot of it went to 1-800-JUNK. A Wait lot it didn't it, it dumped didn't dumped go it.
0: it didn't go to like Goodwill or anything like that? It well, was to, to we, we gave
1: it to the thrift, thrift store where she works but mm-hmm. a lot of places don't want that furniture. Why? I know. Because yeah. if it's the heavy oak and the heavy wood that we have
0: Kids today, they want the fake stuff made out of cardboard and a lamination right. over it. <laughs>
1: you only keep it for four to five years before they redo it. But when we bought it, it was meant to last your entire four and it, years. And it so did. China? No. Teacups, No. China yeah. cabinets? No. no. And, and it's heartbreaking because you're sitting here thinking about what you paid for it and you bought it to last forever and it is something that no one wants and so that's the emotional part of parting with stuff where you kind of need to get rid of it the only thing i kept was us furniture is my outdoor furniture because it'll it'll go to the patio and it'll be fine so it does save on moving costs it does save, <laughs> we we got our entire life into one one uh u-haul you know, and wow. then a couple, a couple truckloads. So I didn't have a problem purging. Mike did. He I bet did.
0: because he, he'd been there 56 years, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And he's just kind of different where I have this rule that if I buy a new shirt, I got to take out two right out of the closet because it's just like, why, if you're not going to wear it, where he's of the mind, I could wear this someday again. And here's a lesson. If you have children and you had like a th- two or three bedroom house, maybe four And the children leave, you sprawl. What that means is is every time you buy clothes and they don't fit in your dresser or whatever, you just move it to that other room. And so at first I started helping him. And I said, well, honey, come on. You haven't been in this drawer for 10 years. I I can tell. He had his uniforms from three phone companies ago. In other words, it started with one company. Then they got new logo shirts. Then he had the pants. I go, when are you going to ever wear general telephone who hasn't been in business for 25 years when we ever wear these shirts or pants well well, you might wear them if you need to go to a
0: costume party I mean come on Barbara you know that you might need those someday (laughs)
1: finally and he was he was emotional 25 bags of stuff went and got donated and so that was all fine because the inside of the house we did in four days like we cleared the house not anything left but then was the garage and the shop and we're on a deadline oh. and I'm easy to make quick decisions. Cause I go with my gut and I'm emotional and he's a perfectionist and a thinker. So note to the listeners, if you have that in your marriage, don't take on that battle. Now box it up and move it because when he got to his shop and all his fishing gear and shrimp gear and hunting gear and dog gear, it's all a bunch of gear. And he has all these different hobbies, including golf. And I just said, you know what? You don't, you don't need to get rid of it all. You, let's just box it up. But he felt really constrained, but he could not make decisions in the moment of what he would need or want.
0: So there is one solution for the listener, and that is there's always the storage units. You know, you can always put it in a storage unit as long as you promise and you set yourself a deadline. To go and look in that storage unit and get rid of stuff later. Because I, I totally understand what you're saying, Barbara. I mean, I have a, I'm, I hold on to stuff. You know, I, I do. I like to hold on to stuff. The worst is freaking paper. You know, I wish I could get rid of paper. I have a scanner. I don't know why I, I can't get rid of paper, but um, I'm getting better. I think I'm more like your husband. My husband's probably more like you. He does keep stuff, but not like I do. He says I'm a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. I just do like to keep stuff.
1: You're a collector.
0: <laughs>
1: That's right. Collector I do does not have a negative hoarder has that, you know, negative connotation.
0: <laughs> I've been in oh. hoarder homes. And yeah, I mine is not a hoarder home. But yeah, so so you could, you know, if your place is not big enough to keep all of his equipment, there's always the $50 a month or whatever it costs um, storage unit. They're probably more now.
1: Yeah. Ours is 300 and it's an a eight month. By 10. Wow. Now, the saving grace in all this is our son, our son and daughter in law, and the kids because we're in our motorhome. We're houseless now and we're living on their property right now. Nice. And because our house won't be ready until November 29th. So this wow. is a big commitment for them. Although we'll be moving it south, you know, for the winter. So we won't be here in the winter, but our son has a triple car garage and bless his heart for all the tools and all the stuff. He let my husband move it in there. And it's probably going to be permanent because the little two car garage we have in our new place won't even hardly fit the car. And, you know, well, his truck won't fit in it. he, is building us. us. He's building himself a shop, a 32 by 48 shop, and making a whole space because my husband loves to do woodworking. He likes- Wait,
0: on your son's property? Yes. 18 minutes away? Yes. Oh, perfect.
1: And so what's happened is all the tools now are getting used because my daughter-in-law has always wanted a chicken coop. I'll send you the photo of the designer chicken coop that my husband Oh, has. I can't wait to see it. so adorable. And he has spent hours just, you know, it's, it's a perfect, perfect upscale chicken coop. The other day, he just built a deck around their little pool. And he's going to be doing the outdoor kitchen. And what I realized, my takeaway is his reluctance to leave was he loves to do projects. He loves to putter in between golf. And that's all gone now, right? Moving to the new location. But luckily, they're so generous and so kind to us to allow us to live here. And he's going to be putting up a shop and Mike gets to... So he didn't need to get rid of it. We've talked around the campfire down in Arizona to a lot of men that are still grieving their lifetime acquisitions of tools and equipment and things that, that they really love that if you move to a condo... You know, you you can't keep it, and it's not practical to keep something that you use on a daily basis or like when you're doing woodworking in a in a storage unit.
0: You know, one of the amenities that we have where I live is a it's like a ten thousand square foot wood shop, maybe right. bigger. I don't know. It's huge. It's probably bigger than ten thousand because ten thousand is like two houses, two big houses, right? No, I think it's bigger than that. But yeah, and so we have that amenity, and and that's like the biggest membership of any of the clubs that we have here and they have women in it too it's not just men they've got a whole section called wood chicks where it's women that 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 do it so I totally understand and we always had that as a backup that if Les wanted to uh, he didn't get rid of all of his stuff but if if he wanted to do that he could join the wood shop now they do have safety protocols so you have to take these certain classes that start at certain times before you can use the equipment, which of course we don't want a lot of people chopping off their fingers. Right. (laughs) But yeah. So, so I'm so glad that he got that. And you know what your son is benefiting because he gets, he gets the benefit of all the upgrades
1: (laughs) his house is going to get. He calls us his roommates and, Uh, the other day, the motorhome looked a little dusty and he goes, well, you know, the HOA thinks you need to get that cleaned up. And so Mike hired the neighbor kid to, to detail it out or whatever, but, oh my gosh, you know, it just all happened so fast. We went from being homeowners to being houseless, to buying a new home, waiting it for it to be done in about three weeks. Wow. And And it was, it was, it was shocking my husband's mother got everything all set up her, all the sons, everybody came over to help. So she's all set up. We call her, Unless she's lying, she is happy as a mud clam. When I went over there, I saw little pictures from the from the great-grandkids they had on the thing. I saw stuffed animals and blankies and everything. She's in the hub. My my niece is the party planner for the whole family, all the holidays, all the neighbors the, around the fire pit, and she's just been integrated into that. And I I am so happy for her, right? That's the best option. You don't want to feel bad or guilty about moving someone in. It was all on her terms. She chose what she wanted to do, and she did it.
0: I wonder if she was hanging out at her granddaughter's house a lot while while you were gone. I wonder if she was
1: they're always really close together as far as shopping and doing stuff together. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it maybe wasn't what her son and daughter wanted, but she chose what she needed and what she wanted. And so that was kind of a takeaway for me that when you, if you're a widow and you and you're getting to the point where you need to make a decision, think about what you want, not what your family thinks you need. And she stood firm, like, nobody could argue with her. She said, this is what I want. And everybody just kind of had to to back off because she's good for her. Got all her wits about her. So anyway, I have seen my children and my grandchildren more in the last two months than I have in the last 10 years. And I think we might've talked about it before that when you're a working mom or a working grandparent, um, yes, you get You derive all the benefits of working and the social and whatever. But you do pay a price because there's only so many hours a day. And if you live a long ways away, you're not everyday grandma. And I always envied my kids, the in-laws, because they had everyday grandmas. And for the first time, it's like, oh, we're making chocolate chip cookies. Nana, can we go paint something? Hey, will you rebound for me when we're shooting hoops? I've been to more baseball, soccer flag football. And I just went to a three-on-three tournament yesterday. And it's just so fun. My husband said, we would have never been able to come to all this because you're know, you one car accident away on I-5 from not making it. And who wants to be in the car that many hours? I've been able to help my daughter who got promoted to a full-time job. She's down in Oregon, but where we are now, it's a quick two-hour drive. There's not any traffic. And so I'm almost down there about every week or every other week helping out with the grandkids. And that's been just, it's just been so, so fun. So that's where we are right now. We're living in a motor home on my son's property, hanging out for the summer. We go to Spain, finally, that Solheim Cup thing that I've been talking about for three years. Wow. In September. And I decided, you know what? If we're going to Spain... We missed on Iceland because pandemic, and I've got my cousin in Ireland. So the beginning of September, we're doing Iceland, Ireland, and Spain. So we'll be gone pretty much for the whole month of September. We'll be back for football for the grandkids in October, and then November we'll point our motorhome south. But then we got to fly
0: back. To I was going to say, I was going to oh. say, why don't you just leave after you close? Well,
1: <laughs> because we. Want to go down there for the winter. We're not ready to buy anything yet. We're gonna take our time and really think about do we want to buy something in Arizona with the water shortage?
0: But you never have to buy, you can just do what you're doing, right? Exactly. Your-
1: but we think we want a smaller motorhome. So here's here's the story there. This motorhome's 41 feet. It is for what we're doing, deluxe. It's got the washer, dryer, dishwasher, it's a hookup. But everywhere you camp is a gravel pit. It's an RV gravel pit because you don't fit in state and national parks. And so now that we're establishing this smaller home and we'll decide if we want to buy anything south, we really would like to sell or give away or do whatever we need to do with this motor home and get something much smaller, maybe 25, 26 feet and tool around the country. Because something we learned from others is the expense of the diesel now. We're over 5.50 a gallon here in Washington. There's something Don't, do, with- do you
0: remember when diesel was cheaper than yeah. regular yeah. gas? I'm like, oh, what? It's so weird.
1: They put a carbon tax on it here and so they're trying to deter you from doing it. So, it was fine in the in the desert southwest to go, but we've talked to so many people that it's not practical to take a 41-foot motorhome on the roads in the East Coast, which we've never been to, but we believe them. They said there's narrow roads, bridges, toll roads. It's just a nightmare. So it's like, oh, okay. And then even to come to you, it would be thousands and thousands of dollars, whereas, you know what? We could fly. We could drive a smaller one. So that's been our latest because you would never take this motor home to Alaska and Mike would like to go. So he wants to get something smaller, a little more more mobile. And so where we're headed is to this amazing neighborhood. I'll send you the the photo of it and the link. You know, I don't know. I'm not a marketer for the company we're buying it from. But just so you can see it, I'll send you an image of the chicken coop. Feel free to post it in the show notes if you want or a link to it. And where we're headed is moving into our house in November, December. So we're going to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with all our kids and grandkids. Getting as settled as we can. So, this weekend, I'm gonna go with a friend and start looking at furniture. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then start looking at landscaping ideas because we have a very tiny backyard, but you know, I wanna, I want it to look cute. By next spring, we'll be in our new neighborhood, which I gotta tell you this. So, there's so many Godwinks, right? So, we're down here in Olympia. And we decided we need to make some friends because you can't be joined at the hip with your kids and their grandkids. They have a life. And yes, Nana and Papa can come to the games, but we know no one here. So we drove around, looked at golf courses and I got to this one. I said, I'm home. And my husband goes, what? I said, this is my golf course. He goes, how do you know that? I said, I'm sorry. I just know this is where I'm going to join. And he goes, well, what if I join somewhere else? I said, you go for it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 10 minutes from my kid's house and 10 minutes from my new house. And I just felt, oh, it was such a good decision. So I joined the women's club. Don't know a soul. I golf with them. And who do I get paired with the very first day? But the president of the golf club who happens to live in my new neighborhood. No, that is so perfect. And we clicked like, you know, new best friends. And she has just opened the world to me. She's introduced me to people. She got me hooked up with the ladies of Ovation that golf six months before I lived there. Oh my gosh. So perfect. Building community, building relationships, having a great time to the point where someone just invited us to go golf in the local senior Olympics golf. Like I'm not going to be in the Olympics, right? I'm not that good. I love it. But that's, you know, you just make these connections. Well, Mike decided he would too, because why not? And he's got three or four groups that are constantly texting him and calling him more golf than he can do because he's got home improvement projects here on the farm. And so we met all these people and they've invited us to dinner. They've shown us their favorite restaurant. They have a potluck up at our new development that we've been to. They have a food truck night. So we're not part of the community and yet we are. And so... They had this thing called patios on parade. So people design their patios and then they open up their yards and they come. Never heard of that.
0: It's like a garden show, but for patios.
1: Yes, but it was so fun because we met so many people. We ended up on someone's patio till nine o'clock that night, which is pretty late for old people. And I'm getting invited to another patio party. So the God wink was that he knew I needed to find people. And he made it very efficient, like the first time. The second time I golfed, I started talking to this lady, and I said, where do you live? Where do you live? She goes, what do you do in the winter? I said, we go to Mesa. She goes, well, we go to Mesa. And I said, well, where do you go? And I said, viewpoint. She goes, I live there. I'm No. Yes, she's on the third hole. And I went, wait a minute how did I not see you? And she goes, well, how did I not see you? I said, well, there's 200 ladies in the women's club. But she said, do you go to the after party, the lunch? I said, absolutely. She goes, we just didn't know each other. We never, Oh my gosh. I have a friend up here that I golf with that will be a friend down there.
0: That's amazing.
1: I realized small world and that's going to be our life. Wow.
0: Wow. What a fantastic update. I mean, this is
1: amazing. It's a lot. It's exhausting. It's hard. It's physically it's physically trying. You know, the other thing that I didn't um estimate was, you know, the the physicalness of moving. And we were so tired and so sore for a couple of weeks. But then the things you don't think about a doctor, an accountant, a dentist, someone to cut your hair. I mean, it it's a bit overwhelming and to the point where I had checklists for what I needed to, do to move, checklists for what we needed to store and checklists for all the businessy things. Like if you've never changed your address, it's like, Oh, it's a process. <laughs> and right. So, so I guess for the listener, there are so many things to consider, but I don't regret it at all. I'm really having a good time. My husband has, there's been moments where he's been in tears. Did we make a mistake? And I keep saying there's no perfect place. It's warmer here than it was where we were. It's a little windier because we're in the South Puget Sound, and there's a train that goes by a lot. Oh no! And he <laughs> cannot stand the noise. And when I ask people, "Does the train bother you?" They kind of go, "Oh, I, I don't really hear the train,"
0: or because you get used to it, I oh, guess.
1: Really quaint, but he's just like hypersensitive in comparing like the traffic and this. And I said, but you're golfing, you're having more fun. There's fresh produce. There's all these good benefits. Cause for a while he kind of went dark on me and was like, what have we done? Um, and I said, okay, well, we can always change our mind, but we can't go back. And now he's settling in, but he just said, tell people it's hard. The transition is hard. And when you've lived a place your entire life, moving to a new place is hard, but get connected because connecting with other people." Is what's kind of gotten us through. So, if you're an introvert, maybe you just want to stay in your hoarder house. Oh,
0: well, you know. Okay, so so in defense of introverts, because I know a lot of introverts, and believe it or not, for a long time I thought I was an extrovert, but I think I'm an extroverted introvert actually. Possible because introverts get their um, so extroverts fuel up by being around people and ex introverts fuel up by being alone. It doesn't mean that they don't like people or whatever. Right. Um, but I can only be around groups of people for about two, two and a half hours before I'm right. exhausted. So I must be an introvert, even though everybody thinks I'm an extrovert. <laughs> wow. Because I'm really done after a couple hours.
1: And we see that when we're in Arizona, and I'm sure we'll see it when we're in ovation, that couples, one is one and one is the other. And so it was always like this okay thing that, you know, if he was the introvert, he would come and they'd be talking, whatever. And about half an hour, he would, you know, just disappear and she'd stay there for the whole, you know, two hours or so. And that's the benefit, though, is that you can shut your door. No one's going to pound on your door and, you know, invade you when you're in in Arizona in the winter. And then the same with the other. If you don't want to participate with a lot of the activities or you just want to go home and draw energy. But I agree. No, there's no good or bad. It's It's just different. different. (laughs) But, But I do say that moving like we did is really putting yourself out there. And you're just everything is new. Every you know, when you've gone to the same place, the same school, the same church, the same doctor, um, this is really big, but I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm so happy for you and I'm I'm looking forward to finding out about your new home. I know that when we moved across the country, across time zones, across <laughs> cultures, it was really hard for the first you know, couple of years. I mean, and I'm so glad that we, that we made the move. It was a good decision, especially for Les's health. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's been a good, it's been a good thing that we've moved. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Les was diagnosed a couple of months ago with Parkinson's disease. And so- Yeah, and so we've been dealing with that, but it's been such a blessing to have his family around and the friends that we've made. I mean, so many uh, friends have come up to me and said, oh, yeah, I had that situation. If you ever need help, I'm right here. You can always call me. So being in a community is one of, I think, one of the best things that you can do in your older years. I'm not even that old. You know, I, I'm going to be 58 this year. And it's been a blessing for me as well. But but like you, we can never go back to our old home. I mean, I looked up our, our our house in San Diego, and it's like $1.6 million. We didn't get that for it. But I'm like, wow, we really could never go back to our old home. We might be able to go back into a condo, maybe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> you
1: know? right.
0: But it's hard knowing that it's permanent. You can never go back and that's the finality of it. Is probably what's hard for your husband. It's a final decision and it's done, right? Right? They're they've moved yeah. in, right?
1: Yeah, they're it's closed, they've moved in and we're just sitting here waiting to have the house done. We you know, go every week just to look and cut the foundation. They cut the floor in and I think the tresses are going to go on to today or this week. And are so, you
0: taking pictures so you can oh, do like yes. a quick, you can do a video, you can do a video with it being put up, you know?
1: Yeah, he does it in the same spot every time. Yes. Perfect. Put it in some some order, but
0: I can't wait to see it. Like, uh, what do you call it when you speed it up? Yeah, he's going to do that. (laughs) It'll be fun to watch.
1: So anyway, so yeah, that's my news, Kathy, with a few bits of learning things along the way. And I guess, I guess for me, I'm so glad I met you. And I'm so glad that we had all these talks before we made this decision. We probably made it earlier than we actually physically needed to, but not too early for his mom. And so that and for the kids you know i think timing's everything and i i i was thinking about when you said the 1.6 million imagine if you'd stayed what your expenses were for taxes and insurance and all that stuff and what your financial situation would or wouldn't be and what your spend you know what you could spend your life energy on as every day gets closer to the point where we're not here you realize it's like, how do you want to spend these years? What do you want to be doing? And who do you want to do it with? And do you really want to be paying that much more when you could, I think you call it arbitrage, where you could reduce your expenses to give yourself a better time of living? And I don't know. I just, I didn't expect to be doing this, but we did it. I have no regrets right now. And I'm having such a blast with my kids and my grandkids, and new friends, new friends, tons and tons of new friends that I just didn't expect would bless my life so much.
0: Well, congratulations. And thank you so much for coming on again and giving us your update. I hope that you will do this again. It's always interesting knowing how your retirement life is going. And for the listeners, we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye!